kind on people, this is Real Talk, Real Walk family And we are back again with another episode Come on Another episode full of energy and character Yes Another episode to tackle some of your dilemmas and questions Okay Another episode where we bring forth knowledge and scripture straight from the pulpit mm-hmm. Another episode where we bring you all of the wisdom to carry you through the week Right now Another episode full of nuance and semantics Come on okay. somebody <laughs> Another episode full of epileptic paraphrasing mm. Back with myself Gabs Myself Mr Game Changer Angela or a good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. However, where you're listening, we salute you and thank you every time for tuning in. So, without wasting too much time, we're going to dive into this episode. We've got a couple of questions that were sent in from one of our lovely, faithful listeners. So, the individual that sent it in, we really appreciate you. Just a reminder for anybody else that wants to send in any sort of questions or dilemmas, you will remain anonymous and we'll happily answer them or discuss them on the podcast. Feel free to email uh, to our Insta reach out to us and we'll forever tackle them um, and discuss them uh, in the best way possible. So this is quite a lengthy one, guys, and I'm going to read, stay with me. It says, how do I, as a Christian, navigate my way around relationships with non-Christians, people with religious beliefs that are different from mine, including family members? Should I even be friends with non-believers? If not, how do I interact with non-believers at school, work, other social settings? If I can be friends with them, how do these fr- how do these friendships differ from my friendships with Christians? Hmm. It's a bit of a weighty one, there. Yeah. Who, who, who wants to to set a pace <laughs> and keep the ball rolling? Alright, I like the giggles, so you can set a pace for us. Um, I think it's. I think I, I'm willing to bet that this person is a new believer and that's probably why they've asked this question because I feel like when you're a new believer and um, I can hear an echo. I don't know if you guys can hear it too. Yeah, I can hear a minor though, a minor. Okay, cool. Um, well, so, so when you're a new believer, I feel like you're zealous, you're on fire for God. You know, you start throwing out all your um, secular music CDs and you do that for a bit mm-hmm. and then you realize actually... I can probably find balance here and I can probably listen to certain types of music and I might not be affected as much. So I feel like this person may be a new believer. And if you are, I would say that, um, I don't think that being a Christian means that you can't have any friends who are unbelievers. Yes. You might not do the same things as them, but also remember as well that in your life, as you change and as you kind of become more Christ-like, you can also be, an inspiration and a witness to your friends as well. So in terms of navigating your friendships, I would say keep them. If there's things that they're doing that you know you can't vibe with, maybe like if it was like drugs, alcohol, things that are very clear that you can't engage with, then I would say stay away from that. If that's what the um if that's the bulk of your friendship, so every time your like your friendship revolves around let's say alcohol or let's say drugs, then obviously I would advise you to not necessarily be friends with those people. But if you've got a pretty normal friendship and it's just certain things that they do that you don't want to do, there's nothing wrong with just pulling back and saying, I don't want to do those things, but I'm happy to still be friends with you. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think 
the 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 normal friendship point is definitely a, a good one and a strong one. So like for me, I've I've definitely got friendships that are Christians and I've got friendships that with people that aren't Christians. And I think it probably comes down to how we benefit from these people and um what we kind of do with these friends. So like you mentioned, like if it's like smoking alcohol, I know these are just examples, but if it's anything that doesn't necessarily sit well with you, then that's kind of when we do need to kind of check these these relationships like for me i've had i've had friendships with with people in the past and the guys were talking about things that were not really up my street at that precise moment in time or or the things that we would communicate about were not things that i would you know were interested in communicating so i kind of knew that certain friendships it well i kind of knew it's okay to keep certain friendships at a distance or keep certain friends for certain things or you know there's certain things you have in common with certain people but there's only certain people you can go to for certain things for example so you can have you know certain friendships that you it might be football that that's where you relate or that's how you communicate or there might be other friends that you've got that, you know, it might be music or business, or there might be something that kind of keeps you you together. But if there's certain things that kind of has an impact or a negative impact rather on like your faith, on your morals, on, on your growth or development, then it's kind of one that we kind of do need to keep at arm's length. But I definitely do agree that, you know, um, remaining friends with, with unbelievers, because yeah, one, we, we definitely can be an influence on them. And two as well, like non-believers, they are still like normal people, despite them not being um, Christian or religious, they can still have an influence on us in different ways. Yeah. Obviously not in terms of faith, but in other ways of life and other walks of life, whether it be business, whether it be politics, economics, or whatever area or aspect within this life, there can still be some sort of influence or some sort of inspiration. It could be character. It could be various different things. So it's, it's definitely good to, well, not good as in it's advisable, but I don't think there's anything wrong with having friendships that are non-believers. It's only when it kind of becomes detrimental to us as individuals, it becomes mm. detrimental to our growth or our faith. That's when it's kind of like, yeah, we've got to be careful. But yeah, some of my friends, I've got friends that, you know, are non-believers. I've got friends that are in the faith, but are stagnant. I've got, you know, I've got friends that are yeah, on fire for God, open quote, close quote. So I definitely think it kind of comes down to, you know, how we benefit of these friendships and what these friendships are doing unto us. I think you have to be clear on your boundaries as well. If you're a Christian and your friends are non-Christians, I think they have to know that there's certain things that they shouldn't do around you or they can't do. And I think out of respect, naturally, anyway, they will realise what where the boundary is. But I think you should be clear and kind of make it obvious the things that you don't stand for so they don't make inappropriate mm. jokes around you or don't do inappropriate things around you yeah i was gonna say talk on talk on some of those boundaries like give her uh, some some examples on them them kind of boundaries that you've probably might have faced or experienced in your in your own like life or, or growing up i think it's quite hard because most of my friends i think that i i roll with people that think quite similarly to me i it's I don't think this is necessarily a good thing either, but um, it's not a bad thing either. But I'm saying that my friendship group is not that diverse, unfortunately. Some are Christian, some are not. It's diverse in that sense. But a lot of my friendship groups are people who kind of think like me and look like me and would do similar things to me. So I haven't had to be as loud with my boundaries. But I think where my friends maybe have a different standard to what I would do, they know anyway. They'll come to me for advice. For, for example, one that's like really obvious is let's say no sex before marriage. So I said before that I waited until I was married to have sex, but I've got friends who who didn't, who haven't, and that's just their boundaries and mine are different. So if they were to come to me and ask me a question about 
a guy that they're seeing or a guy that they're sleeping with don't know that oh I know you wouldn't do this but they would still like they can still come to me and I would still give my advice and I'd be like obviously I wouldn't do that but this is what you can do that I don't know if that makes sense but yeah no no I think that's a good one actually I think that's definitely a good example and probably one that a lot of people can relate to so in terms of like that relationship with that you know with those particular individual or individuals plural whichever one it is how did you kind of, how was like the communication between between you two when it came up to certain like beliefs that were, were quite different for the both of you? Well, because they like, because my friends will already know where I stand on it, it, it kind of doesn't need to be said. Like I'm open. I was open. I was like, you know, this is what I'm doing. So she, like, if they're coming to me for advice, they already know, like, I know this is not what you're going to do. They're not going to come to me for like sexual advice before I was married because obviously, yeah it's not advice that I can give, but, um, if they're in a situation, say, let's say, for example, um, I have a friend, this is not, I don't have a friend, but I'm saying, for example, if I had a friend who was in a long-term relationship and she wanted to move in with her partner and she was asking me for advice on what I thought she should do, I would be like, well, as a Christian, I wouldn't personally live with the person before I get married. However, if that's what you want to do, because you don't have the same belief system as me and that's fine. Um, this is these are the things that I would look out for before I decided to move in with somebody. That's what I would say. Yeah, do you know, I think it's good that you're able to show your stance, show your belief, but also show a level of understanding. Because I can imagine telling an unbeliever, oh yeah, don't live with your partner before marriage. To them, it might be like, nah, you're speaking foreign, bro. Exactly. Um, but but I, I can definitely appreciate that, you know, you can definitely still come from a place of understanding and also give somebody some sort of advice based on their beliefs, which I think is definitely good and very, very important, rather than saying that, trying to throw our own opinions onto an individual. Go on. Yeah, no, I agree. But I was going to say, it's because, again, I'm not, like, I'm not really, a, I'm not a pastor. So <laughs> I feel like it would be a bit, if I was a pastor, I would not even, I don't think I would even say this is what I would do because... I feel like I can't really encourage someone to do something that they I probably wouldn't. They might have come to you. They, they might have come to you as a pastor. Yeah, they probably would have. As a friend and in that capacity, I, I can very much um, give quite objective advice and remove myself from the situation. It depends, though. Even if you was a pastor, you might still have that same level of understanding. Because I'm just thinking if. If some like non-Christian mandem, like if some mandem from the roads went up to my pastor and was like, oh yeah, pastor, this is what I want to do. I'm not sure what stance my pastor will have. I'm sure he will show a deep level of understanding just so he can kind of be relatable, but it will still kind of give you the the reasons why you probably shouldn't. So I think, yeah, you you probably might still still be the same. I think it was some things as well, like to add up, some things might be a bit uncomfortable um being a believer and having like non-believer friends especially if they do certain things that might be wild like I remember like I played for a football team and obviously within this football team we had like a whatsapp group and obviously this is a this is a football team in Kent isn't it so this was like my first time playing for a team in Kent never experienced all of this sort of stuff before and there was one random day like I checked my phone I looked at my photo album and it was loads of pictures of naked women. Oh my days, And I was so confused. Like I was rattled. I was confused. I was thinking, what on earth? Where on earth? Who has spammed my phone? Like, where has this come from? And then I've gone into the WhatsApp group. I've now checked the media and I see the exact same naked pictures. And it started making me think, okay. So what's happened here is that these guys from my football team have been sending naked pictures of women into the WhatsApp group and automatically, you know how WhatsApp does it, it saves 
indirect it saves directly to the to your camera roll and then i think from then it's when i kind of began to realize that yeah i'm definitely set apart to some a lot of non-believers in a sense that they would do various things that i just wouldn't be happy with so obviously the first thing i did is obviously delete the photo delete the photos in case somebody's wondering guys what did you do you delete the photos and then obviously i took off the the save directly to camera roll but then on top of that i had to come out of whatsapp group because i thought if this is what's going to be happening in a whatsapp group this is something i can't actually be a part of so i think it's definitely um, important to obviously cut off the, the 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 stream that might lead to you know uh, you being in situations that might find you uncomfortable, um, especially if it kind of goes against what you believe, it goes against your morals, or it goes against what you stand for. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, um, Ema, what do you think on 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 that and on having friends with with non-believers? Because I know you don't necessarily. I know your 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 friendship circles. I mean, friendship might be one of a better word, but I know you're, you 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 kind of connect with with non-believers as well as believers. I'm, I'm sure you mm. can connect with believers of the people of different faith as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah definitely have <laughs> friends that are uh, non-believers, and I think that I wouldn't say it's difficult for me because naturally I'm I'm someone who gets along with different people um, very well and very quickly. Um, but in terms of friendships, kind of like as a believer, the distinguishing factor is, as you've rightly described, that we're set apart. And if you read like books in the Bible, like Psalms and Proverbs, it gives a lot of insight as to kind of like the circles that you should keep, the people that you should be around. Don't be around foolish people. Don't be around unwise people. Don't be around uh, people that their tempers flare up uh, very quickly and all of that kind of stuff. And then you've got scriptures like um, uh, bad uh, bad company corrupts good character, um, which was actually, Paul was actually quoting... um, from Greek poetry, but it was very relevant uh, to to believers that look, it's 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 a serious thing that your company can affect your character. And so for me, it's about finding a balance. And for me as a believer, I believe balance is it looks more like surrounding yourselves with people that are going to to build you as a believer um, and not be disconnected with unbelievers, but you have to be around people that are gonna consistently build you up. And whilst you have your boundaries, you have to also know yourself. You have to know uh, your limits. You have to think about things like your witness. Uh, what does it look uh, as a believer? Do you need to do X, Y, and Z? Do you need to go to X, Y, and Z? Should you be saying X, Y, and Z? And those are the things that once you weigh up with scripture, then it kind of allows you to navigate through this friendship piece. So as you've rightly said, um, some of the things for me, like in terms of boundaries, um, friends around me, like, you know, swearing, derogatory um, language or phrasing, like, sorry, you can't do that around me. And, and I, I let people around me know. So little things like that. Um, even like back in the day, I remember like friends who maybe used to smoke around me and I'm like, look, um, I just, look, I'm not here to be inhaling your smoke fumes. So I'm going to go away. It's not me. This is not my kind of thing. Um, when you're done, I'll come back and we can have a conversation. But little things like that, just being clear on, you know, what you're about and what you stand for. Um, People taking a mic, for example, with Christianity. I've been in certain spaces, like maybe at work or friendship circles, um, and then people will be making fun of my faith or whatever. And I'll be like, no, sorry, that's not on for me. Um, If there's not going to be respect for my beliefs and my faith, then... Um, I'm either not going to entertain this conversation or I'm not going to be cool with what's going on here. 
So being very clear about what you stand for makes um, a lot of sense. Whilst being loving, whilst not being uh, snobbish or whatever, you have to be clear um, from the position uh, of where you stand. So for me, yeah, it's it's been helpful. But I think one of the more helpful things is that surrounding myself with believers consistently, because that's my main hub, that's my main source of, you know, strength mm. from from friends. It's important that, you know, they're holding me accountable as a believer and they're encouraging me, they're pouring into me so that while I'm in spaces that may not be in like, for example, whether it's work or the business space, I may not be around believers all the time, but because I'm so grounded um, in my faith and I'm so grounded as an individual and I know I'm accountable to others, that gives me, you know, the leverage that I need. So when I go into spaces that unbelievers are, I'm cool. I'm not going to, you know, someone's not, yeah, someone's not going to say, oh, let's go out on a night out and let's go and get drunk. Like, that's not me. Or someone's not going to be comfortable enough to say that around me because Mm -hmm. they know that's what I stand for. So, yeah, I think it's it's, it's really about getting the, the balance. But I do, my personal belief is that for believers, primarily get yourself around other believers. Get yourself around other believers, people that are like minded, people that can ground you in the faith people that are going in the same direction and this is not to say snob your um, friends that are not saved but this is a matter of you know sustaining and maintaining the lifestyle or the life that you've been called to and if you know as a believer you're you're primarily around people who are not of the same faith as you um how do you expect to grow when you're not in a community that Mm. is like-minded and that that would probably my my view that might I don't think it will shake tables, but I just no, think, I think it might be different to other people. No, I think that's good, bro. I think what you said about being grounded is definitely profound. I think that's very, very good. I think ultimately that's very, very important because people might feel like, yeah, they're strong enough to have non-believer friends and be going out with their non-believer friends or be getting close to their non-believer friends. And I think ultimately, I think one person might have an influence over the other. So either the non-believer is going to, bring us closer to their way of living or we're going to bring them to our, our way of living. And, yeah. and eight out of 10 times, it, it could potentially be a non-believer having an influence on us if we're not yep. grounded, if we're not strong in the faith. Yep. And I yep. think, I think it's definitely more, I think it's definitely important, especially if it's like our non-believer friends are living the lifestyle that we once stepped away from. Yep. I think that definitely might be a challenge if it is, you know, drinking, for example, um, or getting drunk rather before people now come and do semantics for us. But <laughs> if it's like get, getting drunk, for example, I can imagine like a non-believer, if we're continuously going out with them, we're continuously, you know, rubbing shoulders with them, then yeah, they can have an influence on us. So yeah, the point about being grounded is is definitely important. I don't think anybody can just, you know, up, get up and have non-believer friends. I know somebody might be thinking, oh yeah, but we have to, you know, get them saved. We have to do this. We have to do that. I don't want to leave my non-believer friends behind and blah, blah, blah. And, and which is, which is all fair and good. Like, we're, however, we shouldn't carry the savior complex. I think that we're going to be the reasons that these individuals are going to be saved. Mm-hmm. I think it just comes down to a matter of maturity, actually being mature in a faith and understanding and knowing that, yes, you know, one is grounded, one is, you know, strong, uh, to an extent that they can go into certain non-believer, um, markets or non-believer areas and still hold their own. Whereas if we're going into a predominantly non-believer area and we're being influenced, that's when we kind of have to check, right, is is this atmosphere the correct place for me? 
is this mm. is this friendship the correct one I should be having? And that could be just friendships. It could be work. It could be business. Like you, like Iman, like you said, Iman. It could be various different things. Like if if you're a Christian and, and your workplace is full of non Christians, how much of an influence will they have? And that's why it comes down to us being grounded because you know, rightfully so, in our workplaces, we might be the only Christian in our team, and right. it's not about you know upping and leaving, but it's about mm-hmm. how grounded we are in our faith so that we're not you know shaken by what's around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I agree with that. I think it's it's about getting the right perspective on it because I think extremes, it's easy to find extremes. So a lot of people, and actually, let me go down this road. I feel like some, some Christians in the name of, you know, I don't want to leave my unbelieving friends or I don't, I don't want to seem like, you know, I'm better than them and stuff like that. It's kind of like they give in and they surround themselves with their unbeliever friends so much because they they've either used the the notion of i love them so much or two i want to evangelize to them or three i want to be a light to them um you know and i want to show god's love towards them but when you're not in a space of of understanding yourself or or overestimating yourself you'll find yourself in a position of compromise. And I think a lot of believers Mm. find themselves in a position of compromise because they're just not being real with themselves. Like you have to be real with yourself. Like I I can understand how you might feel like you might be abandoning your friends and stuff like that. But when you're not strong in your faith, when you're not grounded in your faith, and then you're trying to say you're trying to be a light to your friends, it's more detrimental than, than you actually think it is because you're actually not being a witness you're just being a conformist, like you're conforming to what they're saying, what they're doing, how they're behaving, their language, all of that kind of stuff. And ultimately, it will corrupt your character. So if you're if you've not got that bit straight, then you're not doing a good job, you know, to your friends or to the guys that are in your football team or the the people that your your neighbors or whatever. Like if they can't see a difference in you, then you sell it, you could be selling yourself a dream. By saying that you want to be a light to them or you want to evangelize to them or mm. you don't want to cut them off because it yeah, might that's seem very bad. True. Like, you have to be very careful. And I think Christians, especially in this day and age, I'm going to be more specific for like millennials and Gen Zs, like we like to overestimate ourselves. And we and I think why this is done is because there's this notion of, you know, we want people to know that we're cool as well. We want people to know that we're in as well. Like mm. I can talk about Getz and I can talk about Meg the Stallion and I can talk about Virgil and I can talk about um, Love Island and I can do all of the, and it's, it's not about doing that. It's not about that. That's not what friendship, that's not what friendship is about one. And that's not what Christianity is about too. Whether you listen to that person or you follow that person or whatever, it's not, tr- you're not trying to prove how close you are to them. And I think that's when you try to prove and force it like, yeah, I'm as real as you. I'm as this as you. When when we really miss what friendships, uh, friendship truly means as a believer. So that's kind of my my thing. Mm. Um, And I say this as one who is very like I have I have a lot of friends who are unbelievers, but they still know that (laughs) my main circle, like my main source of strength is our believers, like my main community, our believers. And it doesn't take away anything. Maybe in the past, you know, people may have felt a certain way, 
but people respect it. People, this is a life choice that I've made and it doesn't affect my witness to them. They know I love them. I haven't switched up on them. I haven't, I don't start acting funny or shady with them. They just know that because of certain views and beliefs um, and standards, I just can't do um, a lot of the things that they might be doing. Yeah, I was going to say as well, I think with the evangelism thing, I think sometimes we probably use that as a crutch or sometimes as an excuse just to kind of continue to develop this relationship with non-believers. I think we kind of hold on to this, I want to evangelize to them, I want to minister to them, I want to minister to them. Um, when really we just like this particular friendship, maybe because <laughs> they're good vibes or maybe because they've got a good energy. Yeah. But we just use this, I want to evangelize to them as a crutch, but we really should just be honest and be like, yeah, I rock with, I rock with this friend and I don't want to let them go because they're good vibes, even though yeah. they don't it believe is in hard, Christ. Though. Yeah, no, no. Oh yeah, you know, of course, of course. Yeah, definitely it's hard. But you know, I think it just kind of comes down to obviously friendship on how people define friendship. Obviously, I think I kind of, my definition of friendship is different to how, how most people define friends, but I can definitely understand, like, it definitely is hard, but I think it just comes down to how we view friendship and, and what we kind of want. Like Iman's saying, if this friendship is purely because we can talk about Gets His latest album, then we, we really need to question whether this is a friendship or not. <laughs> if, if this friendship is, is because, you know, we can talk about Silhouette Challenge, then clearly something's gone wrong with our definition and our understanding of, of friendship. Um, now somebody might be thinking, oh, but my non-believer friend, she calls me more than the Christians do. And I hear that. And that's I hear all of that. Yeah, no, I hear that. Trust me, I hear that. There's someone listening to this thinking my non-believer friends do more for me than my Christian friends. And at this point, it'll be like, oh, it's a bit of a sticky one still. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, I think if that's the case, then don't you don't need to throw that person to the wayside unless it's a situation where the friendship is you really can't uphold the friendship and uphold your standards. But not every friendship is going to be a kind of friendship that's centered around drinking, alcohol, or things that are not of God. A lot of friendships are just normal people living normal lives, maybe watching the same normal TV that we watch, and then occasionally they might go out and have a good time. If it's that kind of friendship, then you don't necessarily need to distance yourself. You just need to hold your boundary, decide what your boundary is, and let those people know that you're no longer about the things that you were about before. Yeah. But then also, what kind of friendship is that? Like, what's normal? You mentioned normal. What's what's normal? What I mean is that a lot of friendships do not necessarily always revolve around things that are not of God. I don't know if that makes right. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. It could be sense. like hobbies. Like exactly. Hobbies. It could be hobbies. It could be because you're in the same industry. Like you both like you both have exactly you both have similar. Are those, are those things enough to be friends? And that's, I think that's what brings a lot of friendships together, though. Mutual hobbies and things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I think that's if that's the case, then you don't need to throw them to the wayside. Unless the mutual hobby is you both like to sniff cocaine, then that makes that <laughs> completely different. Before somebody says, mm, if you both like to sniff cocaine, then you need to stop that friendship because you're no longer yeah, sniffing it. You feel what? Have you seen that meme? Have you seen that meme? Al- weed, I can manage. Alcohol, I can't even manage. But cocaine! Weed. <laughs> I can't even say I can manage alcohol or cocaine. <laughs> That's from um, Tiwa Savage's, yeah. Savage's interview when she said oh. her husband was sniffing cocaine. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously in that kind of friendship, you can't, there is no way you can maintain that kind of friendship and be a Christian. But when it's a hobby, a mutual hobby, 
I think it's okay as long as you can hold your boundary. If it becomes problematic, then sometimes you do have to let certain friendships go. But what um Eman said, I think is a really oh, good no, point. no, this is this is, is probably the issue. This which let me quickly jump in just so I don't leave my partner and we can go straight back to you if you're gonna move into Eman's point. Yeah, I think this is the issue yeah, that sure. I have when people scream out like friendships, friendships, because it's based on like hobbies or it's based on an institution or it's based because we went to school together automatically we're seen as friends or because I've known you for 18 years, we're friends. And I think this is, this is the kind of issue that I have with like people just using this term friendship very, very loosely, because I don't know if like an institution or hobbies can kind of equate to what friendship actually is no i'm saying that, usually that might be how it starts and then obviously as time goes oh, on you check in on each other and then you develop like more of a relationship that's based on other things other than your hobby obviously if it's just your hobby mm. you have to question how strong that friendship is because if that hobby was to be taken away from you this is then, it, you know, yeah. yeah so i get mm. i get what you're saying but I'm, what i'm saying is that if we're talking about how a lot of friendships start a lot of them can revolve around mutual interests or meeting at, at, like you said meeting at school and things like that what brings you guys together if that's problematic and that's not in line with what you stand for as a Christian, then obviously that's when I would say you have to pull back from the friendship. But if it's, if it's like you can talk about other things, then I don't see why you need to pull back as long as you hold your boundary. What I was going to say about Iman's point is that he makes a good point about having um, a good community of believers around you as well, because I think it's easier to find balance when you have both your friends who who know God and will give you godly counsel versus the friends that maybe your friendship revolves around other things. If you don't have that solid group of people who will give you godly counsel, it then becomes a lot more difficult um, to hold boundaries with the friends that you do have. Mm, I agree. I'm with you. Yeah, no, I agree as well. I definitely hear that. So let's talk on um, friendships with Christians with different beliefs. But before I go into that, I wanted to obviously touch upon as well because I'm I'm really here thinking that, you know, some people could could obviously have the belief that, you know, their non-believer friends do more for them than than their Christian friends, or their non-believer friends can be more influential than than their Christian friends. Let's let's probably talk on that a little bit. How how do you lot feel like we we kind of get to that point where some of our non-believer friends might be more influential to us? And by influential, it might be they're more supportive or the impact on our character or they're more honest and open or they're more transparent about what they're going through. Like, how how, how do you not feel about, like, non-believers being more and more influential outside of, of the faith, but being more influential than, than some Christian friends? Do you mean in terms of kind of friend, as, as a friend in general? Are yeah, you saying like that non-Christian, if the, if the non-Christian is a better, quote-unquote... Is a better friend, friend, is a better friend to you than a Christian friend. Okay. Not for, not for you personally, but I can imagine that there are some people f- listening thinking, nah, I'm not going to cut off Stacey because Stacey's more influential yeah, than Sister Jackie. that's a fair point. Um, ooh, it's tight. That's why I started off by saying I don't necessarily think that you need to cut off all your friends. And I have always been of that school of thought because... At the end of the day, a good friend is still a good friend, regardless of what their belief system might be. 
And good friends in this day and age can be quite hard for some people to find. And so I feel like if you have a good friend, you should hold on to one. Even the Bible talks about how a a good friend, a real friend sticks to you closer than a a brother or sticks to you closer than a sister. So if that's the case, Mm. if you can maintain the boundaries and the boundaries are clear, then I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. If you need your friends to step up, if you need your Christian friends to step up, it's also not a bad thing to have a conversation with them and be like, look, I need you to step up in this department. You're not even checking up on me. I think in, in our in our day and age, people are too quick to do that whole, I'm ghosting this person because they didn't check up on me when I needed them. Sometimes people are also going through their own stuff and that's why they don't have the capacity to deal with what you're going through at that moment in time mm. as well. And we all need to have grace for one another in our friendships. And there's nothing wrong with having a conversation with a Christian and being like, I want you or I need you to be a better friend to me in this in this season because this is what I'm going through. Mm, mm. I think that I, you know what I hear what Ora is saying. I'm just I'm conflicted, right? Because I'm trying to ma- marry it with scriptures, right? And there are a whole bunch of scriptures that kind of encourage Christians to stare away away from bad influences in their lives, which doesn't it doesn't necessarily even take away from the fact that unbelievers can be good friends but it talks about like some of the scriptures that i've read for example don't be um don't um uh befriend uh, people that um get angry very quickly or very violent quickly right and so some people have friends who are really cool but they flare up and they get violent real quick and i'm kind of like okay so king solomon advises because <laughs> people not to do so but then we're kind of friends with these kind of people. And even though they're not necessarily flaring up with us, but they do it in general in other in other areas of their life, that's not great. Mm, yeah, I agree with that. Just to echo that as well. Obviously, we've, we've done a, a previous episode where we spoke about, you know, having Christian friends and how to make Christian friends or friendships in church. So definitely, by all means, to all the listeners that are kind of asking this question, definitely check, check that out. But... Well, obviously, alluding to the fact that Christian friends are definitely important. Um, yes, you know, our non-Christian friends might have some sort of an influence or some sort of an impact. But, but you know, we, we understand the, the importance of, of fellowship. We understand the importance of, of having Christian friends um, because, you know, we can all reason. Well, we should all reason with the same kind of knowledge and understanding us in Scripture. But we, we obviously understand the benefits of having Christian friends. So it's definitely advisable to to obviously develop more friendships with with Christians. So if there is anyone listening that is thinking, I don't really know how to make connections with Christians or they, they might they might not take to me because I'm just new to the faith or whatever it is, definitely try and, and, and put it on your agenda to, to really build and develop Christian friends. Um, obviously, we're in a pandemic, but, you know, social media is definitely a, a, a great way to, to kind of start and, and kind of network with other believers just so you've got more Christians within your circle ultimately it's very very important um because obviously our, our, our friendships are definitely the people that will, will have an impact on us that will be there for us that will support us in a way that you know christ wants us to really support one another um guys moving moving the conversation on a little bit uh, let's talk on um uh, navigating friendships with people with different religious beliefs so so perhaps people who are christians who are also christians but might have a, a different doctrine or the doctrine might be slightly different. Um, let's probably not go too much into different denominations because I think that's a topic in itself and definitely one day we'll kind of 
you know, have a conversation on the pod about different denominations and the impact. But just in terms of like, there, there might be different like doctrinal beliefs. Uh, um, talk on that. Or what do you reckon? Um, I think I don't necessarily have, I don't have a problem again with that. I think that's pretty normal, even within a friendship, even within the same, um, what if it's like family members? Because the question also mentioned family members. So just speak in general, because obviously, you know, you might, not you personally, but someone might um, be a Christian, but their their mum might be Muslim, for example. Yeah, I mean, I can relate. the only Christian in the family, for example. Yeah, I, I mean, I come from a family that's um, mixed. It's, it's a mix of Christians and Muslims. My grandma was a Muslim and she converted to Christianity. And that's how my mum and her siblings and myself all became up. Uh, ultimately Christians as a result but as a result of that it means that my extended family there are a lot of um Muslims and so when we have family events some people are wearing headscarves and all 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 that kind of other stuff my grandma has a lot of um I have a lot of grandmas that are Muslims as well and um to be honest with you (laughs) the way that we navigate that is that um ultimately when we meet religion isn't really much of a discussion and this is this is probably not necessarily the the right way to go about it but I don't really sit there and have um debates about whether Allah is the is the is the true God or whether it's God the God of the Bible I just don't we just continue to live our lives mm-hmm. uh, my grandma will even call her sister on um Eid and she'll be like you know a happy Eid I mean you I think that different religions can coexist and it doesn't have to be a problem I think sometimes it's really easy to think that because we're Christians now, we don't have to start everybody, like Christ has to penetrate every single conversation. And it's like every day has to be about Christ. And it does, but it doesn't have to be so loud and in your face. Ultimately, um, the way that you live your life and the things that you do will always be um, the loudest, in my opinion. And I know, and I know some people disagree with this. I know quite, I've heard people say that before. But it doesn't, like, I think the way that you live your life is always going to be the loudest tool that you have to show people what you stand for, to show people what your belief system is. And again, when it comes up in conversation, I hold the boundary. I'm clear on what I believe in and where I stand. And I think that people should be quite capable of having healthy conversations and debates and agreeing to disagree. Um, That's where I stand on on that. Mm. What about you, Ema? What what have you got to say on... um... How how do you manage your your relationships? Let's talk from a probably a personal perspective. How how do you manage your relationships with with other believers who who might have a, a slight different doctrine to you? Um, it's it's they're absolutely changed over time, especially as you grow in the faith and you actually become mature. Um, early earlier on, um, it was more um it was more rigor, it was more. I'm I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to prove that I'm right and and that you're wrong and that you have to listen. So for me, it was kind of like, you know, if we're having a discussion, it's for me to prove a point and for you to listen to me. Um, And then if it ended up going to arguments, we'd go into arguments. um, And even you know, on a personal level, lost friends because just pride, pride of ego, um, of you know, just you know, shouting and screaming at people because, you know, they, you feel like you're right. You feel like you know it all. And so, 
yeah, I had to learn from those like serious big times and doing a lot of reflection, a lot of introspection as well, and just allowing God to work on me um, over the years. And so my perspective is, you know, if someone has a differing view, we can have a conversation. We can we can talk about those stuff. Um, I mean, if I really feel like it's a point of contention and it's really not going to go anywhere, I don't bring it up or I don't necessarily entertain the conversations more time. Just focus on, just focus on other things. Um, and also at the same time, um, you know, like loving them, loving them and, and loving them for who they are and what they're about and respect what, what they bring to your friendship and respect, respect what they've added to your life. Um, that, that literally would shape the narrative because I think if you're just friends on the basis of you want to convert them to everything you believe, then it's not really, that's not really a friendship. Um, you kind of want somebody to, in a sense, control um, and someone to, you know, just say yes to you for everything. No, sometimes the beauty of friendship is that a friend can tell you, no, I don't think that's right. I don't, you know, yeah. I don't think that's, that's cool. It. And that's, and that's what makes friendships beautiful mm -hmm. because there's, there might be a, a union unity, um, but unity doesn't necessarily mean uniformity. So, and that's what I, that's what adds flavors, flavor, yeah, sorry, to that. a friendship. So for me, that's, that's, that's where I'm at at the minute. And I've been, as I've been doing it, it's been great. Um, <laughs> you know, some of my closest friends, we, we disagree on, on some, on some things Like we disagree on some things or doctrinally, um, life-wise, you know, little things here and there, some big things, but I love them too much to make them, you know, to, to, to make them like an enemy. Like I love them mm. too much to make things like, nah, like, especially, especially when it comes to doctrines that are not essential to salvation. You know mm. what I mean? Like for things like I, I, I may say, oh, I believe in the one. And my friend says, I don't believe in the one. Breath, like, are we good? Is that a hill worth dying on? No, absolutely not. So, but then we can have conversations. It can get passionate. It can get all of that. And we can go away and be like, you know what, bro? It's all love. Like, it's all good. It's all, it's all good, sis. Like, love. Like, see you tomorrow. See you whenever I see you. That's how it kind of is with me now. But being mm. honest, it wasn't like that before. Like it's taken, it's taken a process of time to do that. And I think that as Christians, we've just got to do better with friendships. Like we have to stop mm. doing this thing where it's, we, we base our friendships on rightness and wrong. Like who's right and who's wrong and who's, who's coming to my side and who's swayed by my view and who's not swayed. That's not what friendship is about, especially as believers. Yeah. Um, I think it comes down to maturity, you know, bro. I think like, yeah. like we kind of mentioned on that um, social media episode where we, we kind of spoke about this in a bit more detail. But yeah, I think it just comes down to maturity and it might come down to, to age as well. But yeah, most definitely maturity. I think when you do kind of mature within your friendships and you kind of mature in the faith and you kind of, you know, your character kind of develops a bit more, we kind of understand that, yeah, we, we can be friends with people despite not having complete um, the same doctrine or, or despite having different doctrine beliefs i think it definitely just comes down to to maturity and ultimately i think once once you do develop that maturity it's kind of easy to get along and have discussions with people who might have different beliefs and it's actually okay to discuss um it's actually okay to to you know to dive deep into the word and and you know maybe look at things differently and obviously explore like it's perfectly fine 
But I think it's maturity that will kind of keep you two remaining as friends. Yeah. But it's only immaturity that will kind of, you know, separate the two of you. Do you know what I mean? But it's maturity in terms of, like, you have to be... Are you a, a kind of person that's willing to learn? Like, I think sometimes as Christians, uh, we have such tightly held beliefs, um, which rightly so. Obviously, you shouldn't be let, swayed from left to right because of doctrine. But I think sometimes it's really important as well to be willing to learn and to have conversations. I have yeah. friends that I will sit there and debate for hours about the word of God because I come away like feeling like I've learned something. Like, oh, that's actually true. And, you know, my, my, my opinion might have changed. Even sometimes on this podcast, like, we don't always agree on everything. Like we had the um, episode on tithing and <laughs> I didn't agree with where Iman stood. He didn't agree with me and, it, and it's cool. And, and there was even there's other episodes where I've come on here and I've been so like, no, this is what I believe. I can't remember which episode it was now. There's one on, on, on judgment and condemnation. I think we've... Was that one? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's the one. And I came and I was like, no, but... And then I, I left and I was like, actually, yeah, that's a good point. Like I can, I can get with that. I can go away. I can... I can explore it. I can study it for myself and see where I stand afterwards. Um, mm. And I think sometimes we're, we're scared to let go of the beliefs that we have because we don't want mm. to uh, open up a whole new can of worms. And I think we have to get comfortable sometimes with with not necessarily knowing everything and, and changing your mind about things. I think it's okay. I think in yeah. this day and age, because of social media, like people hold you to stuff so tightly and it's like you're not allowed to change your mind. Like yeah. we need to free ourselves. Like we really can change our minds. And sometimes yeah. conversations with people who are from different... Um, Doctrine, um, who are from different uh, walks of faith or different doctrines can help us understand and be more understanding in how we approach other people and other believers and non-believers equally as well. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. think it's pride. I think people want to be wrong and strong in it. Yeah, once you've once you've been debating one side for so long, to now come out and turn around and be like, "Yeah, you're right, guys. I was wrong." It can be quite embarrassing for people, and it's definitely an element of pride. But you know, things like that we just kind of have to to swallow up because we know pride goes before the fall. So. Ultimately, we definitely do need to be mature enough. And I think it definitely comes down to the environment that we're having these debates in. I think that's important. Obviously, Ori, you mentioned you when you debate with your friends, we've we've had some discussions here on a pod where you know we might we might not completely agree with one another and stuff like that. I think if it's done in a in in an in a nice, healthy environment, I think that leads to growth and it leads to development. But I think if it's done in a manner where we're arguing, then it's gonna be an issue. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes people have arguments under the disguise of debating and I think that's probably where we can have an issue because people are like, no, we're allowed to have debates, it's good we're having debates but really, you had an argument because Some people just both like of you were going at each other. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. They like to <laughs> yeah. fight. Yep. They like the rough play but they're calling it debate. They're calling it, oh yeah, Christians were allowed to have debate. No, bro, yeah. you was arguing with one another because <laughs> it got heated and one person was cussing the other person for their doctrine. Trust me. But I think if if it's done in a healthy manner that, that both parties can grow and develop and one person's head is not hot, one person doesn't feel rattled or one person doesn't believe that they need to, you know, go back to the roads and, and do X, Y, and Z, then it's, it's kind of okay. But when it's, when it's, oh, we're arguing because of who's right, who's wrong, or we're, we're mocking people for their beliefs or we're mocking people for their opinions, that's when it kind of becomes a bit of a sticky situation. Yes, absolutely. I agree. <laughs> I'm with you. With you. Um, and then uh, lastly on this this topic it was how do i uh how how do these friends with non-believers differ from friendships with christians so how does how does the friendship differ so are your friendships are friendships with christians how does that friendship differ with with non-christians oh that's tight 
how does it differ primarily because yeah. of your your foundational beliefs yeah like as a believer your foundation your 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 ground zero is the scriptures is it's god it's holy spirit it's jesus that's the foundation of of the friendships that you build you're also building because you're part of a family you're the, you're part of the family of god um as as in children well, I, of god yeah, yeah i agree i com- i completely agree yeah what, what was your question um I'm, no, no. I, I, I'm thinking the question might be, what, what am I doing with my Christian friends that I can't do with non-Christians? I think it might be like some actions. Oh, <laughs> obviously. I, mean, I think, I think mentally, psychologically, you know the difference. But I think what, what is different? And I think it might come down to, if I'm going out with my Christian friends, can I go out with my non-Christian friends too? If I'm playing football with my Christian friends, can I play football with my non-Christian friends? Right. Of course. How, how 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 do the friendships differ in terms of what I can and can't do? What I do with my Christian friends that I can't do, and vice versa. But I I think that's I think that's the wrong question to be asking simply because you, who you are with your Christian friends versus who you are with your non Christian friends fundamentally shouldn't change because, like Imam saying, foundationally you're still going to be the same person and you're still going to have the same belief system. You're still going to be a Christian, so therefore who you are shouldn't really change it probably who, who they are will be different but who you are shouldn't really change so therefore the things that you do should be the same really let's but, be honest but, is that but, happening but, is that but, really but, happening? let me let me let me let me jump in there so i agree with Ore, uh, but i will ha- i must add that the clear differentiation is that your actions there's a there's a difference when it comes to actions in that as a as a be- uh, bible believing christian your your actions should align with the scripture so the scripture says that whatever you do you do it with your whole heart as unto god um scriptures talk, talks about stuff like let your your words be seasoned with grace um it, it talks about not um being enticed by um unbelievers and and unbelieving practices so there's a clear difference between um what a believer should do and an unbeliever should do in terms of actions, because your actions must all uh, glorify God. Ephesians talks about how we were created for his good pleasure. So ultimately our actions, whether it's football, whether it's cooking, whether it's just a general chit chat, it glorifies God. If your conversation is just gossiping, backbiting, talking about some madness, you know, you're talking about porn or whatever, that's not glorifying God. So mm. your unbelieving friends might be wanting to talk about porn or talk about, you know, some, you know, the fact that they slept with five girls when they went on their last holiday. <laughs> but as a believer, that's, you can't be doing the same thing. So mm. there's a clear difference in that your actions, whatever you do, it just, it, it, you just have that's to make sure that, yeah, it glorifies God. As long as it's within that realm or within that space, then everything is, is permissible and acceptable because it's pleasing to God ultimately. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with both of you. I definitely do believe that the actions should be different, but I'm thinking whether the actions are different or whether we we adapt to our surroundings. Like I, I genuinely believe, and I've seen it, that when some Christians are around Christians, they dress in a certain way. They probably don't drink true. on the night out. But when they go out with their non-believer friends, they're drinking <laughs> all of the Hennessy. They're popping all of the bottles. But then when they're with their Christian friends, they're, they're sitting in the corner wearing turtleneck and trousers. Yeah. But then when they're out with their non-Christian friends, 
you know, the 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 man them are probably showing a bit more tighter clothes. Um, women might be wearing like you know more revealing clothes. And I think to myself, like, why is this the case? Like, why is it, it when we're with non-believers, friends, we're a bit more wild and ratchet? <laughs> but when we're with Christians, we're doing them holy gang. Mm-hmm. No, you just have to accept because even me, there's certain things that I would wear out that I might not necessarily wear to church because sometimes you're just like, oh, this is long, like I just don't want it. Like even this because even so you that yeah. No, do you know why? Because, like I said, even amongst Christians, like everybody is still going to have a different. Some some Christians drink, some Christians don't drink. So if I'm with a Christian friend who doesn't drink, then I'm just not going to drink it, and it's fine. It's not because it might why? not necessarily why? because I want to be different. Because also, if you like I have wine, why you I'm not going to be sitting there munching pork in front of a Muslim person. I might like, well, I might do, but like, <laughs> what, what I'm trying to say is, it's also about respecting other people's like beliefs systems as well. Do you know what I mean? It, you know, it, I it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm I'm changing because oh I'm 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 not a strong person, but it could just be like if I know this person, it, that's not what they're about. What's the point of doing something that that's in front of them? I hear you know I hear the whole church thing because I definitely believe just dress appropriately for the occasion. Yeah, dress appropriately for church, appropriately for work, appropriately for the clubhouse. I definitely respect and I appreciate that for sure. But in terms of like, if you're around a Christian and you like wine, why don't you drink the wine? What I part of your Christian that. friends? Yeah, because yeah, but, but if uh, that person cause... doesn't drink wine, or maybe they struggled What's... with it in the past, it's not going to kill me if I don't drink it just that one time. You know, also... if they struggle, that's a different. That's another caveat. What it just, but you didn't say that before. I'm saying generally, you don't. You like wine. They don't like wine. Why can't you drink the wine? I just well, think you know sometimes like if that's what that person do, if they don't want it, it's not that. It's just not that serious to me. I'll be like, oh, I'm not gonna drink it. I don't have to be. I don't have so to. So if be. I don't, if I don't like Nike, will you not wear Nike around me? I think that's different. <laughs> obviously, it's like obviously, we're talking about fashion brands versus I don't know things, things of Christ and things like that. Remember, we're not talking about getting drunk. We're talking about just drinking a glass of alcohol. I mean, it depends on my mood. Sometimes I would drink. Sometimes I probably would still drink a glass. I'd ask them, "Do you mind? If they don't mind, I'll drink the glass." Like it's like, for example, we have people come to her. Sometimes that like, we'll have people over, and if they're Christians, and not everybody will drink wine, but say for example, I'm I might have a glass of wine in the house. If I have a Christian couple come to my house, and I'm like, "Do you guys want a glass of wine?" I'll ask them, "Do you drink?" If they say yeah, I'll offer them the wine. If they say no, then I can put the wine away, and I don't have to drink it that night. It's not. It's not a big deal. So but around around non-believers, you drink the wine. If yeah, because if they all drink, I'll drink the wine. <laughs> but it's not. It, I, I get what you're saying, guys. But at the same time, it's not like I'm changing who I am around Christians versus non-Christians. It's just a matter of you don't drink alcohol. Fine, I don't need to bring it out this night. The thing is, this year, I think that um, I hear what Aura is saying. The thing, though, is that Gavs, what Gavs is obviously trying to get out is the fact that why is there duplicity of character? Why are you switching Yeah, I up? get what he's trying to do. What, but what it is, <laughs> there is, there is. And I think that, so for example, there's a scripture that comes to mind where um, Paul talks about if, if what you eat offends your brother and sister, then don't do it at the end of the day because mm. you don't need to cause that person to stumble because it might not be that they... They don't eat. They they might be a vegan or whatever. You so you eating you know one big fat juicy burger might not be helpful. They may be fast. Someone might be fasting. So 
eating in front mm. of someone while they're fasting. Like, there's obviously... Where, where is that scripture, bro? For the for the listeners, where is that scripture in case I anybody's will, wondering where it is? It's in, I think it's in Romans. I'll find it for you guys in a second. But um, let, um, the point I'm trying to make is that with believers, for example, like wine. So for me, my, my rule is that if someone is not comfortable with something, so so I, I I don't like wine, but let's say, for example, I did and I went out with some friends um, that were believers, I would ask them, do you guys drink or not drink? Um, is it, um, if not, if they don't, then I'm not going to do it. I'll just have my soft drink. However, there are friends that I'm around me out when it's summertime, I'll have my cider. Do you understand? Or when it's Christmas, me, I'll have, uh, it's not Guinness punch. What is it? What do you have? You have your Baileys or whatever, um, but you have to know the space that you're in. If it's not, if people just say it's their conviction not to drink, then I'm also, that's, I have to respect that and not do it. Like if I, I me drinking alcohol is going to be a stumbling block or it's going to, you know, come across a certain way. I'm not going to do it, even though, because there's some people that I've been around, there's some friends that I've been around that are like, oh, no, no worries. Like, and me, I'm, even when we go out, like even going out, I'm not someone who drinks. Like I, I, I temper it. I make sure me personally, I am very cautious of who I do it around. Not for the sake of, um, not for the sake of, oh, I'm trying to be one way for some people and one way for another people. I just do it with, I'd rather be comfortable around people that I know are going to be comfortable in the in the context of, let's say, having Baileys or something or having a cider. If not, then I'm not going to do it. And that's just my general rule of thumb. When I'm around, you know, friends that they're drinking cider, they're drinking Raya Nephews, they're drinking tequila that is like 80% or whatever. It's not for me to go, I, I, I'm going to tear myself. You know what? Sometimes I actually don't even, sometimes I even don't drink in, um, amongst um, unbelievers that do drink. It's just because I like, if I'm looking and I'm gauging, I'm like, oh, these people, I know that they can be doing the most. So I'm like, no, you know what? I'm not even going to do it because I don't want to put myself in a, in, in a tempting position where it can compromise my witness to people, not by having one drink, but it could be that you have one and then someone's like, ah, have some more, have some more, uh, uh, taste this mix, have this fruit punch or whatever. And you're saying, no, no, no. And then someone's trying to say, uh, come on, stop being a wimp or whatever. Listen, I don't have any time for someone to draw me out. I'm fine with my lemon. I'm fine with my Coke. I'm fine with my Sprite, whatever it is. So you just have to, as a believer, I think that we should stop uh, like duplicity of, of behavior. We should just be straightforward. If you're around believers and let's say in a restaurant, for example, and you do want wine, guys, um, is anyone offended if I do get this wine? I know some people might be listening and going, if you get wine, what's everybody else's business? I'm using that scripture um, as, a, as a platform. You will not be able to please everyone, but if you're around people that you love and you care about as friends, as Christian friends, then there's nothing wrong. Bro, sis, do you mind if I get wine? I don't want to cause any trouble with anybody. If someone, you have to think about it. What if one of your unsafe friends used to be a heavy drinker because sometimes people people forget little things like this when they were in the world that people used to drink if, if if what what if you were not necessarily you used to drink back in the day what if you are a recovering alcoholic even unbelievers like some of uh, some unbelievers like they come off alcohol or whatever and they're recovering maybe they're recovering alcoholics 
And then you will now say, oh, let me go and get a rum and, rum and Red Bull or rum and Coke or whatever. And as you're drinking, that person is sniffing going, ah, Jesus, they haven't withdrew. They haven't withdrawn. <laughs> it, messes, it messes up your witness even to unbelievers. So you just, if you love them, just do the simple things. It's just humility. If you don't do it, that's fine. You don't need to fight me. But out of humility and love for the people that you're around, if it's like someone's birthday or whatever, it's a different case. Because let's say, for example, um, you know, if you're seeing people, you know, having a cocktail or mocktail or whatever, it's baked. There's loads of people there. But in a smaller setting, you know, with a few friends, ask them, look, I have some wine in the fridge. Is it okay if I have? If not, no worries. When when they go, me, I'll have it by myself. I have my wine and I'll go to sleep. Do you understand? You know, yeah. so, if it's, I think if it's a thing where, like, you know, you might trigger somebody who is trying to refrain from drinking alcohol, then I understand. I can get it. Yeah. I definitely get the whole, you know, asking the questions before you order the drink and that sort of stuff. Or I understand asking them before you bring in a bottle of alcohol. I get it. I definitely get it because obviously you're being respectful to the individual and their faith and stuff. Yeah. Um, but what if it's outside of that? For example, like, let's take the, I don't know, day parties, for example. You go, right. You're going to a day party with, with a man them or with your girls. They're all Christians. You're just a particular way. But then when you go out with, with Shaniqua or when you go out with Tyrone, who are, who are unbelievers, it's a complete different dress sense. <laughs> no, I hear that. I hear, I, I, it's, a different, it's, it's definitely a different ball game. But like I said, for me, there are some, there are, there are some times where... It, so, okay, let me put myself in the scenario you've given just to keep it simple. If, that is the, if that's the case, and I know these people, I'm cool with them, then it's fine. I just know that I've got to watch myself. I've got to watch my limit. I've got to make sure that I watch my witness. Same with other friends. If they're moving brazy with the and I'm like, no, sorry, bro, sorry, sis. You've been having a bit too much now. Let's calm down. Let's let's watch ourselves. That If that is the case and it's people that I'm cool with, that's, that's going to be the vibe that I'm on. But there's sometimes as well where I, it's not even me trying to be fake. I'm just not interested in, in drinking. So I'm just going to buy a soft drink have my water and I'll be cool like it's not by force Every at the end of the day some, sometimes like you have sometimes you're just not in the mood or sometimes it's, you're just, mm. it's not just what you're feeling in the moment we just have to be careful that we're not you're being pretentious so for example the passage in scriptures where where Paul challenges um, Simon Peter because amongst the Jews Simon Peter was behaving one way uh, um, with the Gentiles Simon Peter was behaving another way when um, the Jews weren't there. But when the Jews came around the Gentiles, then Simon Peter was acting all funny and he was moving mad. And Apostle Paul had to challenge his fellow apostle and say, look, when the Jews were, weren't around, you were behaving all right. You were behaving all good with the Gentiles. Now the Jews have come. You're now acting fake and you're moving suspect. Like what's going on? And he challenged yeah. them on that. And so I think as believers, we just have to make sure that our, our behavior and our energy is consistent like we shouldn't be doing this whole thing of uh if you're dressing mad like if you're dressing mad like with your unbelieving friends but then with your your believing friends you're doing up turtleneck you're doing deeper life skirts you're stop banging on the damn furnace doing <laughs> no one can see your arm no one can see your shoulders like for me that's i see that as duplicity like keep the same you know, keep the same, keep your witness consistent. I get there's some nuances because some people might say, what about this? What about that? What I'm just trying to say in essence, beyond the nuances is make sure that your behavior is consistent where unbelievers can say the same thing that your believing mm -hmm. friends can say about mm -hmm. you. That's what I'm trying mm -hmm. to describe. That's what yeah, I'm trying right. to say. 
No, I think that's good, man. I think that's good. Uh, bro, you got a scripture? Um, let me... Give me one sec to find... Um, All right, cool. That, yeah, yeah. What was, what was the... The exact... Um, about eating food? Yeah, eating food. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Let me find it. All right, cool. Madam Ore, last few words. Um, the only thing I wanted to add is really and truly... Um, like, for example, going back to dressing and stuff, I might wear something to church that I wouldn't wear out. Like, you was talking about day parties. The specific example that you gave... The thing is, I believe that you have to have a boundary. So I would have a boundary of what I think. For example, I wouldn't, I don't know, I don't really wear like low tops with a low V. So even though what I wear to the day party might be a little bit more revealing than what I'd wear to church, at the end of the day, it's never going to be past a certain level. And as far as I'm concerned, if that's okay, then it, I don't think that's duplicity of character. I think it's just respecting the environment and dressing for where you're going. And I think it's the same with all aspects of life, whether that's character there's you can have a character for you know the same way a lot of black people code switch you can have a character for everything as long as you have your um minimum standard and it's it's not disrespectful to your boundary and to the lord yeah no i agree with that i, I definitely do agree with that um as I mentioned earlier i think we definitely do need to adapt to our environment so dress accordingly for church dress accordingly for work Dress accordingly if you're going to the beach. I think we even touched on this one in one of our early, early yeah, episodes. Yeah, one of the early episodes. Yeah. <laughs> we, we definitely do need to dress accordingly for where we're going. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't expect, you know, um, sister, sister Jackie to wear dungarees on the beach, for example. Um, so, yeah, definitely dress accordingly. If you're going day party, yeah, dress, uh, dress appropriately for the occasion, whether it's funeral, day party, church, et cetera, et cetera. I think it just becomes interesting when people just differently depending on the religion of their friends so if they're going out with with a christian they'll dress you know like how christians would dress but if they're going out with non-believers they'll dress similar to to them and i think that's when it kind of becomes interesting when we're kind of almost in my opinion being being kind of performative dependent on the individual or we're trying to appear a certain way for the individual but it might just come up from a place of not wanting to be judged or not wanting to be condemned which is why you know people might act a certain way when they're around Christians, but when they're around non-believers, it's like, well, hey, let's let's completely be a different person because I need to fit into how my unbelievers are are, are acting and behaving. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Eman, you ready? You got a scripture to close? Yeah, it's, it's a few verses, but yeah, it's in Romans 14, but I hope it will help give the main verse like context, the last verse context. Romans chapter 14 from verse 15 to 21 says, for if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and the mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it's not wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is not good to eat meat or drink or wine um, or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. So the last bit is key that if it causes a brother or sister to stumble, then <laughs> Paul, Apostle says, Paul the Apostle says something strong. He says it's deemed as sin. So that's why I was saying earlier, like the best practice as a believer is kind of to go to your brothers and sisters, like when you're in a space, if it's maybe things like food or drink or whatever, um, 
and maybe I don't know, I don't want to go into different actions or whatever, but the point is feel free and ask, like, is everyone is are you okay with this? I, I'm gonna I'm looking to get if it's uh, <laughs> it's as little as you know, someone doesn't eat someone your brother or sister doesn't eat pork, they have a strong conviction about it, and you're going to be eating sausage roll in their face. Um, and you know, maybe <laughs> let's say they're you know, what, what do they they call um, those people that hate like that are up for animal rights and stuff or like Peter that. or Peter, yeah, yeah, those kind of people. And you know, you have a Christian brother or sister, or an unbelieving brother or sister that you know, doesn't like that kind of stuff. And then you will now be going to be eating, yeah, sausage roll. You'll be chomping Greg's in front of their face. Like that is deemed as sin because you know that they, it, it affects their walk. It affects their st- stance and you can't operate in a level of self-control that respects the fact that that's their choice. And in their presence, you don't like you, you, oh, I thought, I forgot my line of thought, but yeah, you choose to do something that you know may upset them. That is doing wrong, and so as believers, we have to be careful, especially with brothers and sisters around. I'm not talking about every Tom, Dick, and Harry because you cannot please everybody, but make an intentional effort with the brothers and sisters that are around you to ensure that you're not sinning against them. So that's basically the the thing that I'm trying to say today, um, and I hope you get the point I'm trying to make. Perfect. Thanks a lot, bro. Thanks for the word. To all the listeners, thank you for listening. Really do appreciate it. It's the Real Talk Real Walk family, and we're signing out. See ya. Share your thoughts and feelings if you've got the time. Sit back and relax. Tell me what's on your mind.